This is the Bad Hops Podcast, a baseball podcast where we discuss everything but the box score. So if you're looking for the so-so lifetime saves record of Jimmy Gobble or the sweet, sweet glove of Cookie Rojas, this is not the place. But if you're ready to feast on more than a can of corn, welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Mark Butler. And I'm Jackie Micucci. And today we are missing the game because we are once again in the concession line. Welcome to Bad Hops. Did you bring your appetite, Mark? Are you hungry? I am always hungry, and I will say that the topic today being ballpark food, sometimes, uh, like everybody, I get bored by baseball, but I never get bored by baseball food. Especially so, now, right? Yeah. I, oh, my God. The, the game is elevated. I feel like um, a lot of the ballparks, it's probably happened a good oh, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years ago when they started to bring in local vendors. I mean, they're still, they still have, you know, we still have the big vendors that provide food, but some of the best ballpark food is when they're bringing in the local guys. And I know uh, at our, at our home park here in Seattle, T-Mobile, there are some, there's some great stuff. I mean, we've got little Woody's burgers and we've got something that I got to try last night. That's a, that's a, a tough get outside of the ballpark. We have Moto Pizza. You, which, uh, you got to go to a place that it's still technically impossible to go to the real place, but you actually got the pizza and I'm dying to know how it was. Is it legit? It was indeed legit. So they have, um, I think they have three or four kinds. They had a Filipino flavor, and I don't know if that was just special for All Star or whatever. But that they didn't have that one, so I was disappointed. So we ended up we tried two two different ones because we wanted to see. We got like a regular cheese pizza, which was good, you know, because that was kind of like you know your benchmark. And then we got something called Kissed without the e in it, because you know you have to make sure that you don't have all your vowels in in whatever you're naming. Well, yeah, because it's nineteen it's nineteen ninety eight exactly. Exactly. So the kissed pizza was actually quite good. So what that is, is it has sausage and pepperoni and hot honey on it. Oh, yes. Hot honey. If you've never had hot honey on on a pizza, especially a pepperoni pizza, there are a number of pizza makers around here that do it. It's, it is amazing. It is so good. And this was legit. It's, um, it's more of a, what I would consider a Sicilian pie. So it's a thicker, it's a thicker pie. Um, and you get two slices in there and it was incredible. It was great. And they've got like, they've got like the line down pat because like you're, everything is packaged up. The line move quickly. You order your pizza, you order your beverage, and then you, you, you move on. So even though there was a line, it moved. So Moto Pizza, I, I was, um, I'm, I'm going to go back. We have to go back, Mark. We, we have to go back and try it. Oh, God, Jackie, we have to go to a baseball game to eat pizza. I know, to eat pizza. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, well, and, you know, this this is right after the All-Star break. We actually, Mm -hmm. and the All-Star game was here in Seattle. And uh, I think by the actual All-Star game itself, I was bored. And I did not watch an inning of that game. Watched a little of the Home Run Derby. But the the get for us was to go to the Futures game uh, and the Celebrity Softball Tournament. But they had a bunch of different foods, unique foods specific for All-Star Week, which I was like super excited about. And then I walked past my favorite restaurant, another local vendor, Marination, the home of Spam Masubi and other Hawaiian delicious treats. And I didn't really think about it because my stomach drew me to to the line and I got my uh, Kahlua pork plate lunch with coleslaw and mac salad and a little King's Hawaiian roll and, and things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, and it's All-Star Week. So I ended up getting some Urakaki seasoned pretzel mix, which was delicious. Honestly, the ballpark food is so good, I don't need the special menu. And usually, I'm as a fancy boy, I'm usually there for the, the special menu. Let's get some moto. Let's get some more masubi. Yeah, I mean, and the pretzels were quite good. You shared. You did share. You were nice. Shared some of yeah. your pretzels with us. So they were they were quite tasty. And I think salt and straw, which um actually Portland. So if you see it, you know, so in your in your city, it's actually a Portland, uh Portland-based ice cream shop. We have one at T-Mobile. They had some special flavors for uh for the All-Star game, which theirs was um 
Stout and Cracker Jacks, which I did not try. I tried another flavor, um, which was coffee and lug nuts, which were basically um, candy-coated peanuts. And when I asked the guy what lug nuts was, he looked at me like I had two heads. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't think this is a common food name. Uh, but that was uh, quite good. They still had, by the way, the, the special Pale Stout and Cracker Jacks ice cream available at okay. the ballpark, so they must have not sold out of it. But Salt and Straw tends to that tends to sell out all the time. If by by probably by fourth fifth inning, you're you're down to the vegan Marion Berry flavor. Well, you know, in a pinch, and it's hot. You want something cold. You could make you could make the Marion Berries work. But that's yeah, that's like me at the grocery store when I really want yogurt, and it's like, well, no cherry, no peach. There's only Marion Berry. Okay. I mean, I do love Marion Berries, but it's not my go-to ice cream flavor. This was a delicious appetizer, but we've got some really good main courses coming up in the episode as well. So we'll take a little break, and then let's get the feedback on. All right. Jackie, you have been digging into some wild flavors and I cannot wait to hear what you've got for us. And then I've got some classic food a little bit down the pipe. Every year, almost every ballpark comes up with some wacky, really Instagram-worthy food for their respective concessions. So there's always a, you know, they, it's a big deal now. And we've actually, yeah. we've, you know, been to um, the ballpark when they have their little winter show and like, that we've actually sat there and listened to the chef talk about their creations and what they're doing. And a lot of this stuff is really, it's it's for taking your Instagram photo. It's like, here here's my overly, my enormous hamburger that I couldn't possibly eat sitting at my seat. So there's there's a lot of weird stuff. And I and like my whole thing with, with ballpark food, and I'm going to get into ballpark foods that, that I think work and some non-traditional ones as well, is that... I feel like we're, 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 we're trying too hard. There's, I mean, there's still, you know, you can get, you can get your hot dog, you can get good hamburgers, you can get some good local, local foods, whether it be Mexican, Filipino, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but it's this Instagram, I think has, has made these guys go, go a little nuts so that they're putting too much. So if, well, I'm, yeah. if I can't, I was going to say, I don't know exactly what you're going to be talking about, but I have seen some okay. things that it's more like inedible gram, right? It's like, you can't yeah. actually put this in your mouth. It wouldn't fit. It's it like, fit. It's like so grotesque and weird and oversized. And messy. And that's the other thing, too, because you are sitting at a seat. You are not at a table, right? I mean, you can bring your food. You can find a table. But to me, that is not the point of ballpark food. It's not to like sit there and like get stuff all over you. And like, now you need, you know, you've got those horrible little paper napkins that you'll need, you know, 50 of. So I did a little dive to see what was introduced this year to see what I thought was kind of ridiculous. And the city field has introduced a couple of things. Um, they, they seem to be big into donut culture. Okay. You know, we have a big donut culture here on the West Coast, which I was not aware of until I moved here. We have a lot of, and, and LA as well, they're big, big donut culture out, out West for whatever reason. I'm not against it, but yeah, it is, it's a, I actually would like to see some more rivalries off field here. I'd like to see some more donut wars, um, frankly, to who can get the best donut and who can open one closer to me. Exactly. So City Field introduced this year a fried chicken donut, which is just what it sounds like. It's breaded chicken on a glazed donut. Okay. And if, if by the way, the, the vendor that is serving this is Jacob's Pickles. Sure. I mean, of course. Right? Like, But if you see the photos of it, the breaded chicken cutlet is way bigger than the donut. And now, you know, if a donut gets soggy, it just falls apart. Right. Yeah. Like it's just going to fall apart. And it might, and I'm not saying, I mean, I get it. It's kind of a take on chicken and waffles, right? That's that, that's sweet and, and savory. I mean, it does work. It might be tasty, but to me, we know what that's going to look like when you're getting it from the vendor, right? We know it's, it, sure. we know it's not going to look like, you know, a really fresh donut with a nice breaded piece of chicken that, you know, chicken's going to look like what, what what's sitting on the garlic fries when you, when you order the, the chicken strips. Yeah. And, so, and honestly, I mean, I think waffles are way more sturdy. Yeah. yeah. How about a take on chicken and waffles being chicken and a waffle? 
Well, they actually, there are some ballparks uh, that do that where they actually have a okay. waffle cone. And I, I like this. This actually makes sense because it's portable. They do the waffle cone and they put the chicken in the waffle cone and they'll sometimes have mashed potatoes. Now that works because it's portable. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little, obviously these are all overindulgent and this is not how you want to eat if you want to, you know, not end up with your cholesterol uh, through the roof. But like, at least that's portable, right? Like that's, yeah. you know, you can take the cone. The, so that makes sense. But City Field seems to have gone all in, as I was saying, with donuts, because they also introduce, so there's a vendor, a local shop called Sunday Donuts. And so Sunday Donuts is making a milkshake. And this is a milkshake, which is topped with sprinkles and a giant glazed donut, then finish on top of the glazed donut. And I'll put a picture of this up because, okay. it's, I mean, it looks great. And it's like I said, Instagram worthy. But on top of the glazed donut that's on top of your shake is your choice of popcorn or Oreo crumbles. And it's all okay. stacked on top there. I mean, again, looks good, probably tasty, but incredibly messy. I can't imagine that surviving, like you getting that for, to your seat intact especially if you're getting it for a kid there's no way that kid is wearing it can i just stop you for a second and say i get stressed out by creme brulee right <laughs> it's like literally cream with a little caramelized crust and i'm like i don't know if i should i crack it here should I, do you want to crack it for me if we're sharing it it's just it's too stressful everything you've just described is like where do you start Exactly. You know, what layer do you dig into? And it's like, let me just eat all the whipped cream off of this shake and I'll get the popcorn. I mean, getting to the shake itself, I, I don't I don't even know. But yeah. milkshakes seem to be a thing at New York ballparks. Now, the Yankees have had Grand Slam shakes for a while, too. And they come in a souvenir cup, you know, basically a plastic cup with a interlocking NY so they can justify charging you $16 for a milkshake. They have one that is called the Unicorn Shake, which is a vanilla milkshake with fruity cereal, because I guess they didn't get the right to say fruity pebbles, right. whipped, whipped cream, and unicorn marshmallows. And like the shakes at City Field, the other thing they do is they put, like they like almost like, you know, like you put like a salt around a, a good margarita. They basically put sprinkles. They put like icing and sprinkles around the side of their, their shake glasses. So this is just, now think about it. The, like, from coming from New York, like in the middle of summer when it's hazy, hot, and humid, that thing is just going to melt it, like all yeah. over the damn place. And also, there's nothing that cools you down quite like, you know, a ton of dairy and a mountain of sugar. Like, that's definitely what you want on a really hot day. <laughs> Again, it's sort of like, <laughs> are you going to eat it or are you going to take a picture of it and then have to throw it away? Because it's like, yeah, I can't. It's uh, It's already melted. It's disgusting. The photo shoot ruined the food. Pretty much. And that's the other thing, too. Like, uh, the execution. So when when you're seeing them, when they're introducing it, everything looks pretty. But, like, you know, when you get these vendors with a, a line uh, around the stadium, like, they're, they're throwing these things together as quickly as they can. So good luck to you to, to, to get one that looks looks as good as the, the publicity photos for this stuff. Well, I was joking with you earlier about uh, Moto being such a tough ticket because I, I think... Sometimes the best things I've ever had at a game take too long and then they don't sell them anymore. Because they, for a while they were doing, uh, at, at Mariners games, they were doing handmade ice cream sandwiches. Oh, that's right. And they were that. so good. But every ice cream sandwich took like two minutes. And it's like, as soon as like one person left the line, everybody's like, oh my God, there's ice cream sandwiches. And then it's it's all over. Yeah, that's the other thing you have to, that's why you, like Moto, they've got it down. You have to think about how you're going to be able to distribute this quickly. Speaking of also Instagram where they probably really tough to eat, really tough to uh, to even get to your seat. Chase Field, home of the Diamondbacks, they introduced two hot dogs, two like specialty hot dogs that one was introduced, I think it's in, uh, until uh, the end of July and the other after that one's up. August through September. So the one that's that they have right now, and they're all, and by the way, both hot dogs, they're $30 each. Okay. What? They are 18 inch long hot dogs, but okay. they are, but they are $30 each. And one is the rubbing some dirt on it or rubbing some dirt on it. And the SI cover dog. And it's a hot dog like with Martha Stewart in a swimsuit or. <laughs> 
No, no. The first one, the Reuben some dirt is not is a Shriners hot dog. I don't know Shriners. Maybe you, you're you're more of a of a meat guy. You, you know, you do you do a lot of grilling. I'd never heard of Shriners, but it's a Shriners hot dog, and the other one is a Shriners bratwurst. Okay. So the Reuben one is wrapped in a rye bun and covered with mac and cheese, fried pickles, green onions, and topped off with a secret sauce. Eight, it's 18 inches. So like, good luck getting that to your seat. And also, I mean, is it staying together? Are you cutting it up? Does it come like, is it coming in one of those big cardboard containers? And is it just going to like get all messy all over the container? Like, I don't know how you eat it. What is the width of an aisle at a ballpark? It it's, feels like your lane is less than 18 inches. You'd have to maneuver it you just to, to get maneuver. it to your seat. Exactly. And then you got to cut it up. So you got to use those plastic knives and forks. And then to me, the whole beauty, and I'm going to go on a tangent here before I get into what the SI cover dog looks like. The, whole, the beauty of a hot dog is that it's portable. It fits in your hand. It's perfect. You bring it to your seat. You can eat it. Like you yeah. don't, like you've got eat it, bun, meat right there, whatever, whatever you want to put on it. But when you make them this big, they just become unwieldy. I think the longer you eat a hot dog, mm-hmm. the more you think about it. Like 18 inches, I'm definitely thinking about how the sausage is made at, at some point. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot of stuff in yeah. here. Yeah, and, and a lot of stuff on top of it, too. Mac and cheese. Like, let's, can we get back to grotesque? Like, that's like, I love mac and cheese, but don't put it on a sausage. Well, the SI cover dog is on an onion bun and has fried mac and cheese. Oh, jalapeno, of course. of course. Well, you got to up the ante here. Yeah. It has jalapeno Granny Smith apple coleslaw, barbecue aioli, house cured beer pickles, and green onion. In that recipe, there's a thing of beauty and genius uh, and taste bud nirvana. But then there's like about another pound of food in what you've just described. Exactly. And also messy. You put barbecue aioli on something. You put in you put in coleslaw on a an eighteen inch hot let's, dog. Yeah, and- let's just do the coleslaw on the dog. The coleslaw sounds amazing. Let's just do that on a sausage. And it's like a like a like ten inch sausage. And just try one new thing. Like I I'm a big control group person, right? It's like what's the what's the one variable in this mix? Let's make it the coleslaw and be like, I love this coleslaw. But you wouldn't notice it if there was also fried mac and cheese and a bunch of other stuff sitting on top of it. And that's the other thing, too. You're going to bite into this. You're not going to get all these flavors. You're going to bite into this, and it's going to be all over the place. And that's if you're picking it up to try to bite into it, if you're not cutting it up. I mean, this is like, this is knife and fork territory because it's just too impossible to eat. I ran into something earlier that was not relevant to what I was thinking about, but I can't stop thinking about the Pittsburgh paella. (laughs) <laughs> Did you happen to do you happen to run into that? It's it's like literally a pan full of pierogi, sauerkraut, and kielbasa. I think it's like you have to sit and eat it wherever you buy it at the Pirates game. I love all of those things, but it's like that's not ballpark food. That's dinner. <laughs> exactly. That's three dinners. For sure. No knock on any of the food I'm talking about. It might be quite tasty. I it, I don't know. I, but it's just, yeah. to me, it's just not, you're not really able to eat it at the ballpark. I've got a couple more that I'm going to get into now. Globe Life Field, which I did not realize was the name of the Texas Rangers ballpark anymore. <laughs> no idea. The ballpark in Arlington, as it once uh, was known. So they have, they've introduced something, and I'm sure this is going to be quite popular because of what it is, a Flaming Hot Cheetos soft pretzel. Uh, I'm not going to lie, like it looked pretty good. But then when I, I've seen some Instagram photos, it looks kind of sad, you know, like it looks, <laughs> it, it looks a little shriveled up. And my main, like I hope it comes with wet naps because, I mean, yeah. we all know if you're eating any type of Cheeto, you're going to get it all over your fingers. So I hope, and like, you can use the napkins all you want. You fit like a giant, giant, hot, a giant soft pretzel with Flaming Hot Cheetos. That's, yeah, that's getting all over you. So that, that better come with wet naps. And I'm sure it's tasty and it probably does well, but like, again, messy. A lot of people don't uh, give the time of day to the She-Hulk TV show. And I thought it was pretty good. But but the best thing that I learned from that show, the She-Hulk character was like, I always eat Cheetos with a chopstick because right. <laughs> you don't get the stuff on your fingers. And I, so I tried it 
I've already admitted to being a fancy boy, but my goodness, eating flaming Hot Cheetos with a chopstick changed your life. So, so maybe they need to serve them with chopsticks. Is that what you're saying? I, I think maybe you want to try that soft pretzel with some chopsticks. Yeah. This is like a Seinfeld episode when you're eating your candy bar with a knife and fork. We're going to start a trend. Eat, eat, your, eat your Cheetos with chopsticks. The final one is at T-Mobile Park. I mean, again, sounds good, but they have gourmet toast. They have a gourmet toast stand, oh, a concession God. stand. And of course, one they have avocado toast, and then they have Nutella banana toast, which again, okay. like, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, how am I going to eat that without it being messy? Like, it looks great, but again, like, I don't know, like, how I'm not getting, like, avocado or Nutella all over me. Again, probably very delicious, and it's not over the top, like, almost everything else you've described tonight, but it's hard to eat, so it fails that fundamental test. Exactly. So, I mean, these were just a sampling. You can go to, I mean, it's always fun the beginning of the year when the ballparks introduce their their new offerings. It's it, there's it's a lot of one-upmanship and, you know, some of them, you know, definitely do better than others, but a lot of it, we're, we're going for the Instagrammable stuff. You know, we still have, uh, we still have, are they grasshoppers that we uh, have at uh, T-Mobile? You know, they do sell grasshoppers at Mariners games. They've been doing that for, what, like eight or nine years. It's clearly the gimmick. It's grammable. That's fine. But it is literally toasted grasshoppers with, like, I think three different kind of flavors. It's not complicated. Also no. not going to, like, burden a small child to try to carry it back to his or her seat. <laughs> that is true. Although I'm sure a small child is not trying them. I've tried them. Have you tried them, Mark? I tried one. I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I did it. It's fine. I, I'm not a. I, I don't like eating chitinous food, as it turns out. I think I, I put them on some popcorn. Um, they're just like puff rice with a spice on them, and totally fine. Okay. And I'm yeah. not going to diss on the bugs, but yeah, it's definitely it's for it's for shock value. It's for the drunken bros who are like, dude, eat the gotta eat the grasshoppers. <laughs> I've had eighty dollars worth of IPAs. I eat three. Yeah, I'm going to eat some grasshoppers now. Check this out. There you go. I went on my rant. But Mark, when we come back, you're going to talk about, you're a traditionalist. You're going to talk about the more traditional, the hot dog, and, and give us a little lesson on uh, baseball and hot dogs. Yeah, I'm going to keep it old school, emphasis on old when we come back. We're heading up to the hot dog vendor, but we're heading up to the hot dog vendor. Do we have to, like, get in our hot horse and buggy to get to the stadium now, Mark? Or, like, what, what decade are we in? I'm not opposed to, like, a chariot, even. Mm. We'll see where this goes. All right. You know, Jackie, I have a problem when I work on this show because... I always have these ambitious plans. And and when you mentioned ballpark food, I was like, oh, we could do a tribute to foods on a stick. We could do a whole thing on why things taste better when it's served in a helmet. We could go to a game and order every food at the ballpark and die happy and broke. But like Frank and Nancy Sinatra, I had to go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like, when did they start selling hot dogs at baseball games? I mean, it is the question, right? It's a hell of a question, and so let me throw that question to you. I'm going to chicken and egg you here, Jackie. What came first, baseball or hot dogs? Hot dogs came first. I feel like I talked about this a little bit, or maybe I talked about where the name hot dog came from. So I'm going to say that um, that the hot dog came before baseball. Well, I hate to tell you. Or at least the sausage, maybe not the name. Uh, well, see, now this is, you, you want to get into technicalities, Getting into technicalities, because I, you know, because I, I think, like I said, I, I touched on this in an earlier episode. Just well, touched. Thank you for the callback, because, you know, we haven't done one yet in this episode. So go back to season one so of Bad go. Hops, wherever podcasts are podcasted. And yes, Jackie, you're right. Sausages have been around since the dawn of eating meat. I can safely take you back to the good old days of 800 BC. How about that? Because uh, Homer gets a sausage reference into the Odyssey. I do not remember that from when I had to read the Odyssey. I'd probably like it more if I knew that there was going to (laughs) be sausage talk in it. Mm. But the hot dog itself, and I think what you're alluding to for your call out, the hot doshend. Yes. Yes. The little wiener dog. That classic combo of sausage on a bun with stuff on it. Well, it took these backward people from... 
these so-called enlightened cultures took them centuries to be like, oh, hey, try this on a bun. It's really good and you don't need a plate. Of course, we had barely had sandwiches into the 18th century. And I want to shout out my boy John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich. You know, I guess these risky combos of bread and meat were still too scary to try until recently. But yeah, and before I get the mustard out, there's another baseball essential that shares the genesis with the the modern hot dog. And again, sausages have been around, but it's really like, to me, it's a bun, it's a sausage, and it's toppings. Or if you're in Phoenix, too many toppings. Apparently. There are two indelible baseball and food earworms. The first is a jingle, and jump in if you dare. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, pie and Chevrolet. Chevrolet. And the second, of course, is buy me some some peanuts peanuts and Cracker Jack. We'll push the apple pie and peanuts to the side because we can eat those later. Okay. And enough with this 800 BC stuff. I want to go back to where I'm comfortable. The year? 1893. The place? The south side of Chicago. The floundering Chicago Colts, led by player manager, player manager. Player manager. Player managers come up a lot. Yeah, Cap Anson. Cap Anson comes up a lot, too. He does. We should talk about Anson Williams more. God, no. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want Patsy Google to sit it, on Google it? Google it, kids. Google it, kids. <laughs> uh, the Colts also featured future Hall of Fame pitcher Clark Griffith, and they were struggling to win and struggling to draw fans to their game. They weren't losing out to another team, the Colts, formerly known as the White Stockings, but sure, why not? Soon to be known as the Cubs. Were the only sense. Yeah, of course it does. I can also complicate the St. Louis ballpark picture in just a little bit here. But yeah, the Colts were the only team in town in 1893. What was the big draw? The World's Columbian Exhibition. Mm -hmm. More than 27 million people attended the fair that year. Way more than attended the Colts games. Uh, I think that uh, the stadium held less than 12,000 people, so that already that's a problem. Among the many innovations of science and commerce and progress unveiled, there were two that would change the game of baseball as we know it. Cracker Jacks and hot dogs. So 1893 was the year. I'm going to skip over Cracker Jacks, that sweet and salty mix of peanuts, popcorn, and molasses, because in 1893, they had not yet put a secret toy surprise in the box. Oh, wow. Do you, when did the, do you know when the secret toy surprise began? It didn't, did not take much longer, but I think it might actually have only been like three years later. But, you know, I, I got like, I got a whole 1893 to cover here. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Just, that was for my own personal interest. Yeah, and I just want to say to all the dum-dums listening there that are still buying Cracker Jacks, enjoy the QR code that you get now instead of your dumb rub-on tattoo that Jackie and I probably must have like gone through like hundreds of. Well, they, uh, I remember they, they used to have charms, too, so I do remember some plastic stuff. Uh, yes, the, I, I think when we first started eating it, the, they ha- actually had tangible things, and then they went to rub-on tattoos, and now a QR code that gets you a apparently a baseball-related game to play on your phone. There's but also I, a useless sticker with the... Like, it's a sticker that nobody wants. It's Because like, I, I, I just recently, as part of a promotional thing, got a box of the Cracker Jacks, and it's tiny. Um, okay. And so, yes, there's a QR code, and there was a, a sticker of the Cracker Jacks dog, I, you which every had kid a, wants. <laughs> yeah, you might have had a deluxe package, too, and for maybe, all of them. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, but there was a QR code, so I, I did not did not scan it. But I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've interrupted your Yeah, we have, we, it's 1893, and we've spent way too much time talking about QR codes, but <laughs> I, I did I brought it up because it's just, it's sad. Like, it you know, you... Used to be able to get stuff in the olden days. In the 14 years between the World's Fair and the release of Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Cracker Jack had clearly become a phenomenon. And even today, we're still singing about a food that is hard to find and not very good. But enough with Cracker Jacks. So, hot dogs. The more I dig into hot dogs, the less I know. Because hot dogs were a featured food at the Chicago World's Fair a highly documented and highly romanticized turning point for a modern age in America, it's easy for people to say that hot dogs were invented there. And I think that's probably, Jackie, when you were digging into hot dashins, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I think we get a lot of noise in the filter here of like, well, what is right? When did this all happen? So let's just say in Chicago in 1893, let's just say they caught fire there. And, you know, I'll just uh, digress for a second and say there's nothing quite like a lightly charred hot dog, right? For sure. So millions of folks might have had their first taste of hot dogs there and the news spread fast. And I think that's ultimately like that. So that's when hot dogs, I think, officially entered the chat. And let's face it, it's not the hardest thing to fling together, even if it might be impossible to duplicate the exact specs of that OG World's Fair dog. Because of that, it's unsurprising those little wieners took off. So where was the first hot dog sold at a baseball game? It almost certainly was not at a Chicago Colts game. The Colts did not even have the steadiest homestead stadium-wise in 1893. They began playing at a park called Southside Park. Charming. Yeah. This is, of course, before naming rights were invented. But at Southside Park, the Colts did not have permission to play on Sunday. So they started playing Sunday games at the helpfully named Westside Park. They're really bringing it with the park names. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you can't figure out which one's which at that point, that's on you, 1893 Chicagoans. But they wanted to play at the Westside Park on Sundays in order to attract World's Fair goers. I am guessing that playing one day a week at a newish field doesn't really allow for concession stands to gear up to make a brand new food work. I think it's safe to say hot dogs were not happening there. I do want to say from all of this, I took away two big things about the Chicago Colts. Number one, if you are a bar bet kind of person, you can now safely say that the Cubs were Chicago's first Southside team. And in fact, that's going to that's going to go over really well. What are you talking about? The Cubs are north side. You think it about the White Sox. And in fact, the south side park basically sits on the same space as Comiskey Park, Guaranteed Rate Field, whatever you want to call it. Oh, by the way, the former Chicagoan in me has to be a little anal retentive about this west side park, also really on the south side because it's south of the Eisenhower. Mm. Okay, so number one was the bar bet. Number two, I now have historical proof that my parents weren't the only ones trying to do it all in one day on vacation. Because of this whole notion of, okay, kids, we'll do the exhibition until one o'clock and you can have a hot dog and something called cream of wheat. Mm. And and then it says here that there's a baseball game in the afternoon. So take everything you need because we won't have time to come back to the hotel for 16 hours or so. I don't know how many people actually went from the World's Fair, which was probably full of all sorts of fascinating things over to Westside Park on a Sunday. But, you know. But you got to try the cream of wheat. Absolutely. Yeah. Cream of wheat, I think, officially was invented uh, for the World's Fair, uh, whereas the hot dog, the provenance of the hot dog is a little more questionable. Right. According to Ballpark Digest, and Jackie, I think this is where you were going uh, in a previous episode, Chris Vanderoff, the owner of the St. Louis Brown Stockings, was known to have sold dashens and buns at Brown's Games in 1893. Which leads to a strong argument that this visionary team owner was the first to bring the hot dog to the ballpark. That makes sense. 1893, going from Chicago to St. Louis, the idea of putting a hot dog in a bun, how long would it have taken that news to travel by telegraph? Like, you know, approximately, I don't know how many dots and dashes, but not not terribly long. And these Browns were not the St. Louis Browns that I thought they were. They actually morphed into the St. Louis Cardinals. So maybe this whole hot dog business set up the first true Cubs-Cards rivalry. Mm. Sadly, as we know, history is always written by the winner and the guy with the most buns. And that is Harry M. Stevens. Harry was the king of concessionaires in New York City at the turn of the 20th century. And he first brought hot dogs to the polo grounds. And then to Madison Square Garden, then to Yankee Stadium, racetracks, and other stadia. Harry was almost certainly not the first with the worst, but he figured out the volume side of the business, and life was red hots after that. And that pretty much guaranteed a century of so-so hot dogs kind of sitting on those, like, spinner things Mm -hmm. that were like, well, I'm starving. I'm at the game. It's like, I don't really want popcorn. I'm going to have a hot dog, right? That's what we had to put up with for a long time until we now get kissed pizza and Kahlua pork plate lunches. I want to talk about some current or recent hot dogs because I love that the hot dog menu might be one of the clearest reflections that we still have of regional palates and traditions. And 
going off of what you were talking about earlier in the episode, Jackie, it might also mm-hmm. be an indicator of if a sociopath works for a team's concessionaire. It's quite possible. Do you know where the most hot dogs are sold? You mean from in general or? What team sells the most hot dogs per season? Fenway, Fenway Franks. Park's too small. I know Boston's got a big appetite, but it's Dodger Stadium. Uh, you know what? I was going to say Dodger Stadium, but mm, I went with Fenway. Damn those it. Dodger dogs. Farmer John hot dogs. That's a good dog. Uh, apparently 2.5 million hot dogs a year. It starts with the flagship Dodger dog, a foot-long pork hot dog, either grilled or steamed, served with mustard and relish. And you know what? I've had a couple, and they're just fine, right? They just, they taste like hot dogs. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a ball game and getting a hot dog that tastes like a hot dog. Of course, the polarizing one will be the one sold at Wrigley Field, the Chicago dog, a grilled Vienna beef hot dog served with yellow mustard, neon relish, diced onions, sport peppers, Tomato wedges and celery salt in a poppy seed bun. I like a good Chicago dog. I get stressed out by them. I think that that is a case of too much stuff on a (laughs) sausage. The only thing that I really agree with on the Chicago dog is no ketchup. Don't put ketchup on it. Yes, I mean, you don't put that, you know, we're we're purists. I mean, you don't put ketchup. Although I have, now I have done that. I have put ketchup on it. But I'm a condiments person. I'll put any condiment on, on a hot dog. But yeah. Still like mustard and relish the best. And whipped cream and grasshoppers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Little Nutella. Yeah, it's perfect. I honestly, this is one thing that I will give to the White Sox. I love hot dogs at, well, I don't love saying guaranteed rate field, but I do love the hot dogs there. Let's just call it Southside Park. Those hot dogs are beefier, and I think that the Sox do a better job of getting you straight to the grilled onions and kraut. You can get that at Wrigley, but good luck trying to to fit grilled onions and kraut on a Chicago dog. There's a, there's no more room. Yeah, I mean, you've got, there's a lot of real estate that's been taken. On the East Coast, the Red Sox and Yankees, I think, also keep it real. The Fenway Frank, brown mustard and relish, the Nathan's hot dog, red onions and sauce and sauerkraut at Yankees games. I yeah, got- Nathan's famous are good. Actually, their crinkle fries are great, too. But I will say, so back in the day before we had all these fancy foods in the ballpark, like you get Nathan's ball, I would always go for the Hebrew National hot dogs at the ballpark. Yeah, I like them better. A higher authority, (laughs) as the commercial says. That is true. And thinking about all this stuff, I don't remember the last time I had a regular hot dog at a game. I always upgrade. I always go for a bratwurst or a Polish or things like that. And so when's the last time you had a regular hot dog? You know, I think it was at Yankee Stadium. Uh, this was a, co- a few years ago. I was with my, with my cousin, and I was like, you know what? I just, I just feel like I feel like a hot dog. I don't, I don't, I don't want like a, a bucket of chicken and fries or or some of that. I just want. So I did. I had a, I had a hot dog, and it was good. You know, it was fine. Okay. Again, like you said, it was good. It was you know mustard relish, but yeah, didn't wow me. Did you at least have a Proustian reverie while you're doing it? Of course, this was at the new stadium, so it wouldn't have taken you back to the uh, to the old fortress. No, I didn't. It was uh, really more of just like, I don't feel like waiting on an insanely long line, so let's just get a hot dog and a beer here. <laughs> okay. So that was really the, the, the thought process behind it. The next time I have a hot dog at a ball game, it will probably be like, I really wanted that Moto pizza, but they're sold out and I am now dying, so I'm going to get a hot dog real quick. Some interesting variations that I ran across. Uh, the Phillies have something called Harry the K's pastrami sausage, which kind of sounds Reuben adjacent. Not okay. A, a little more classical than the, the what was it called? The Reuben some dirt on it. Reuben some dirt on it. Oof. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That one's trying way too hard. Absolutely. Yeah. The in in Philadelphia, it's a pastrami sa- sausage, hickory smoked bacon, red cabbage. Tarragon mustard, hey, you know that's a that's a perfect like triad of, of tastes. The Nationals, I, the Nationals and the Reds both honor some local glory. The Nationals sell a Ben's chili dog mm-hmm. using Ben's chili bowl, famous chili, and of course in Cincinnati. And when we talked about Cincinnati food last season, talked about that skyline chili. Yeah, uh, and so you can get a chili coney dog at a Reds game with a chili with cinnamon and chocolate, and then chopped onions and cheddar cheese. And I did not count to see if that counts as a three way or a four way. 
I don't know. There was a lot of stuff going on, but you can also, as I was doing my research, get Skyline Chili Nachos. Ooh, I would which eat I that. think would actually work. That I think would actually work. I got to tap the brakes on a few, and I think honestly, it's putting meat on other meat. I I feel like you're now. Granted, I just talked about how good chili dogs are, but Cardinals sell a hot dog wrapped in bacon. Mm-hmm. I think there that's, was hard, a- that's hard to eat. It is hard to eat, and I saw a lot of that in San Diego. There was a they they sell a okay. bacon wrapped hot dog. I did not get one, but yeah, that that was a it's a thing. But yeah, I agree. I think it's hard to I think it's hard to to eat, and it's hard to execute well because especially if I tend to like my bacon on the crisper side. Yeah. So I it's to me it's just going to add something that is not going to enhance the hot dog. Oh yeah, that's that that I feel like that's going to be bacon that feels like it came off of a train because you're going to choo choo. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? If that's your jam, that's fine. But the Cardinals keep going. They put baked beans, pico de gallo, spicy aioli, and crispy fried onions on this thing. It's like, okay. Wow. The Rays have something similar called the Beanie Weenie, um, also wrapped hot dog wrapped in bacon with baked beans, coleslaw, and a potato bun. I'm surprised you didn't run into this one, Jackie. Um, the, okay. dil- the Dilly Dog at Globe Life Field. Uh, it's a dill pickle that's cored out. <laughs> I'm now getting stressed. I don't know if I can finish. I, I actually, about this one. I actually did, but it just grossed me out way too much. Because... Well, I'm sorry, America and all the ships at sea. Uh, yeah, it's a hollowed out dill pickle stuffed with an Angus beef jumbo dog, and then it's battered and fried to a golden brown. I'm sorry. The one that really kind of hurt my feelings because I think this would actually maybe be good. Um, mm-hmm. Blue Jays have something, uh, a Bloor Street dog, a hot dog topped with butter chicken, chili, lime sour cream, Indian vegetables, and fresh chopped parsley. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But I will say, and this is like kind of a weird claim to fame, I think Toronto has the best street hot dogs in the world. Really? I mean, it's been, gosh, I haven't been... In Toronto in decades, so... Well, we need to go to Toronto, and we need to stop at the first corner that sells a Shopsy's dog, because they grill those things up, and they they do a crisscross slice. You're basically getting another, like, whole strata of crispness on these dogs, and that's all you need. Maybe put a little brown mustard on it, and you're done. Just eat it. It's good. You don't need to put butter chicken and sour cream and other stuff on it. Okay, I've got some more gross outs. I'm going to skip those because... Or you could put... Well, who is it? Is it Cleveland? Cleveland that puts um, Fruit Loops on their hot dog? There's someone who puts Fruit Loops on their hot dogs. That that, that became a thing. Uh, I didn't didn't see that one. I think it. Um, I think it's Cleveland. I think it started off as kind of like one of these foods, you know, one of these silly foods, but it's now become a thing. I'm going to take a look. I do have some final fun Frank facts. Can you tell me the the stadium? There's only one stadium in the majors where sausage outsells hot dogs. Do you know what that stadium might be? Milwaukee. Milwaukee is absolutely correct. I mean, it's, that was, it's, that a, it's sausage life in Milwaukee. Yes, it's true. Clevelanders eat hot dogs with Fruit Loops on it. This article from 2016 says. All right. All right. I was Sorry. trying to I was trying to step away from gross out stuff, but Jackie had to come back in. I think she's mad about the dilly dog. Um, <laughs> so let me just see your Fruit Loops and tell you at Orioles games you can also get a crab mac and cheese dog. It's a hot yeah. dog topped with macaroni and cheese and a generous lump of crab meat. That's my favorite kind of crab meat, a generous lump. Um, on a hot dog. Like, yeah. wait, wait, a, I, I've had crab cakes at um at Camden Yards. They are good. Not as good as in proper Maryland restaurants. But yeah, there's plenty of crab crab to be had at Camden Yards. It feels like I never show restraint on this show. But I, I do try to hold back Simpsons quotes because it's, you know, kind of that ship feels like it sailed a little bit. But that reminds me of when uh, Mo goes to the fancy restaurant and says, give me your finest food stuffed with your second finest food. And the waiter <laughs> says, it's very well, lobsters stuffed with tacos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but in saying that out loud, it makes me wonder if that quote might have inspired any number of concession people to essentially I'm, say, 
Let's take a fine sure. food, stuff it with another food. I bet you, because a lot of people love the, the Simpsons, so I wouldn't. I would be. I would not be surprised. We talked a little bit about the brewers out selling uh, sausage, out selling hot dogs in Milwaukee. And my goodness, I mean, Wisconsin, I don't know if you can actually just buy a regular hot dog in Wisconsin. You don't need to. Brat City, baby. It's good stuff. I was surprised to see that the next top sausage selling city is San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess I suppose that's maybe a contrary attitude towards the Dodger dogs. If Dodgers fans eat hot dogs, then Giants fans must eat sausages, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sausage and pepper. Actually, sausage and pepper, I can see that also being a thing at Fenway. That actually sounds really delicious. Sweat those onions a little bit and mm-hmm. get some hot peppers in there. Yeah, I'd eat that. All right. I got to do it because it's a tradition on bad hops. Let's bag on the Houston Astros. You want to do it? Feel up yeah, to it? It's, I am always up for bagging on the Houston Astros. I'm kind of thinking that maybe Houston might have stolen their sausage menu from someone else. Really? And then maybe put it all in a trash can and banged on it for a while. Um, <laughs> got it all mixed up that way. Here are some hot dogs you can get at uh, Minute Maid Park in Houston. A Chicago dog, a Cincinnati cheese Coney dog, a Coney Island dog, a Georgia dog, and something called a Ken Hoffman New York dog. What is that? I, a Ken Hoffman New York dog? A hot dog with grilled sauerkraut and spicy mustard. I, I'd eat it, but also I don't know that I would want to go to Houston to eat a New York dog. No, not at all. <laughs> well done, Houston. I'm sure you've got some other original foods there, but you have literally ripped off five other locations to make your, uh, well, technically four, a Coney Island dog and a New York dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't know. Is that, to, are those together? Are those different things? Well, Coney Island, I mean, if they're talking about New York, I don't know. You know, I'm not even going to go into nuances. It's just silly. Go ahead. Nuances with Houston? Yeah, there's no there's no need. Just blind I, objects. I will tell you that at the game last night, Carlos Correa, who plays for the Minnesota Twins, got lustily booed by Mariners fans. Lustily booed. Uh, Guilt by association, I think, is a beautiful thing. So uh, keep it up, sports fans. Give them what's for. Well, that's my tribute to sausages and hot dogs. Oh, it's beautiful. Brought a tear to my eye. Oh, thank you. That was might have been a little just uh, sausage grease, but um, just you know, soap, soap and water, soap and water. All right, Mike. We're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, I'm I'm gonna talk about some non-traditional foods that work quite well at the ballpark. Non-traditional foods, you say? Tell me more. Indeed. So these are foods that, honestly, they are non-traditional for the ballpark, but for certain nationalities and groups, they are very much uh, part of their tradition. Okay, so so it's not not just Dippin' Dots. Not just, no, Dippin' Dots did not make that list. I mean, Dippin' Dots are good. They're good in a pinch if you can't find any ice cream, but really... Yeah, no. Uh, I'm sorry. You no. did say food. Ice cream of the future. You did say food. I did say and, food. Yeah, and so and then I was like, oh, Dippin' Dots. No, nah, that's not food. No, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a science experiment, apparently. So my first non-traditional food you've mentioned already, and that is Spamasubi. Mm. And why? Because, I mean, think about it. It is hot dog-like, right? I mean, because you've yeah. got, like, the salty cured meat on top. And it's, it's you know, it's got the rice as opposed to a bun. And instead of relish, it's got the seaweed on it. And it's neatly together. And it's, like, you can carry it. It's portable. It's delicious. It's perfect, like, perfect amount for a for a summer day. I love it. I think it's a, it's great ballpark food so if you have it at your stadium and you haven't tried it you should if you haven't tried it in general you should there's nothing quite like a good spam masubi it's so delicious and so portable i i feel like i can just like literally stick one in my hoodie pocket and uh eat one now and have one in a couple innings exactly you can again it's a little bit more substantial and say like some peanuts that you can stick in your your pocket and uh you can yeah you can you can get a couple of them carry them around the other one, I actually had one of these just last night at the Mariners game. Now, I will have this a million times over Dippin' Dots, and that's an Asahi bowl. 
So yeah, and a soggy ball. Got in, got into those when I was in San Diego. Didn't have them at the ballpark. There were a couple of rest uh, restaurants or places that uh, that made really good asahi bowls, but they work. Why? Because they're sweet. They're cold. Now, if those of you who don't know, you must know by now. But if in case you don't, asahi is made with frozen mashed up fruit of the asahi palm. So it's like this purple. It's got usually they'll they'll add a little sweetness to it mm-hmm. and lots of fruit. So they'll put bananas and some, some people say it's a super food it is a superfood that's right it is indeed a superfood so you can put any type of berry i had it last night it had a nutella in it which was quite good mm-hmm. but they did and some granola but they they ruined it because they put vegan chocolate chips in there oh. and i was eating them and i was like these are weird they have a weird consistency and rachel turned around to me and she's like you know why did they put vegan chocolate chips i'm like oh that's why i didn't like the chocolate chips <laughs> i i love the caribbean but i do not love the carob bean for sure the other non-traditional food that works are tacos so tacos yeah. are they're very portable you can get different types. You can get pork, get fish. You can even do vegetarian versions. I mean, again, like the hot dog, if if you put a lot of stuff on it and you overstuff a taco, which Americans tend to do, then it can be less portable. But they're they're also perfect. They're great. They're great to walk around with. You can get a few. You can try different flavors. So tacos, great non-traditional ballpark food. Yeah. My other one is, and I saw, we don't, I don't think we have them at our ballpark, but I did see them and I can't remember, uh, a, couple, a couple of other ballparks had them. Lumpia. Okay. Yeah. Lumpia is, um, it's a Filipino um, dish. It's basically, it's almost like, they almost look like egg rolls. They're very thin and um, they're usually filled with, with ground pork and some vegetables and then deep fried. And they're, they're great. They're very portable. They're tasty. Um, you usually get two of them. So a lot of times they'll have like a dipping sauce. Perfect. Like not like fill that uh, perfect for the ballpark, you know, like just, you don't need a lot of it. It's not too messy. It's just got a nice, it's got that crunch factor that I really enjoy. What is the magic combination, right? It's like uh, it's like acid, sugar, salt, and fat or something like that, right? And I, I think mm-hmm. like any sort of like egg roll kind of thing truly satisfies that. Having a little bit of that snap in there is lovely. And then it's just like you put anything you want inside of that and it's going to taste good. Yeah, totally, totally. That's that's the, the sweet spot. Now you talked about food on a stick. So there were a couple of the foods on a stick that Thank I thought you. that work, that work, and include. We don't have a Yankee Stadium has. They actually they serve just just bacon on the stick. Well, like, I guess you know because you can't walk around with bacon, so that I'm I'm okay yes. with that. So if it's on a stick, it's fine. I mean, to, how crispy it is, but you know, I'm sure they charge you like fifty dollars for a, a couple of pieces of bacon on a stick. I'm sure it's very affordable. Yes. Um, and then there's our old our old pal, the shishka berries, Mark. The shishka berries. Ah, had to bring that just for you, or at or, last, at last, you know. And what shishka berries are basically chocolate covered fruit on a stick, usually bananas or and or strawberries. We all know my favorite was the Rauli bananas. It's my favorite, not to eat, but to hear you say it. I would trip over the pronunciation of this constantly. I have finally nailed it, but yeah, the Rauli bananas. I would. It was just did not roll off the tongue for me. And it was my favorite because it had the bananas and the strawberries. <laughs> I actually, true fact, uh, I've been playing MLB The Show uh, mm-hmm. on PlayStation, and I just literally unlocked Raul Abanez. I got the card. I was so excited. He's he's a super stud in the game. He's like a, like a 99 rating out of 100. And so oh, wow. that, that's good in general. Literally, instead of saying, oh, this is awesome, I, I blurted out, Ibananya <laughs> <laughs> forever, forever Ibananyas. <laughs> so yeah, shishkaberries are they still? Do they still exist? I, you know, I don't. I haven't seen them in the ballpark. I have seen that or their compatriots. They're called dingleberries. Yes, Ooh. yes, I know. I've seen them at like like events, like street fairs, and and uh, at Seattle Center when they have various events. They'll they'll be the car, but I have not seen them in the ballpark. But I always thought 
like the Asahi bowl. It's a nice kind of balance between, okay, I want dessert, but is a little healthy because I'm getting some fruit in there. So it's not quite as bad as like a giant thing of salt and straw brownie ice cream, <laughs> which I also enjoy. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they have them anymore. I haven't seen them. I think the people that make them might have just gone to work for edible arrangements and uh, yeah. just said, called it yeah. good. <laughs> Although I don't know. Yeah, edible arrangements comes, I think, with the dipping sauce. You have to do it yourself, artlessly. You do. Okay. You do, because I think the whole point is that they have this quote-unquote beautiful fruit <laughs> bouquet. It's such a strange concept. Yeah. But apparently it works because the company still exists. I think much like the bacon on a stick at Yankee Stadium, I think they managed to get just enough people to pay a ridiculous amount of money for some sliced up pineapple. Yeah. Usually we're begging for sponsors. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're probably not going to get edible arrangements anytime Prob soon. Probably not, no. So yeah, those are my non-traditional ballpark foods. I would love to know other foods that work at ballparks that I may not know about, but those are like, it's not always just a hot dog and peanuts. Like there is some great non-traditional foods that are traditional for other folks out there. And, you know, like when we were in Japan, right? Like uh, there's yeah. plenty of uh, foods that you eat at the ballpark there that you certainly wouldn't eat uh, or even find here. Takoyaki, the yeah. octopus balls. I think that um, very, very popular. easily transport. Nothing like doing a little curry over rice or something. Like I think, mm -hmm. like having like rice bowls in general. I would on a especially April, May, September, October. Most of the times when we go to baseball games, I'm usually cold, and I'd rather have something like filling and and yummy than um, I don't know something with a lot of whipped cream and fruity pebbles and. <laughs> grasshoppers next the grasshopper shake we put the grasshoppers we we put them in like i don't know chocolate sauce and we put them on top of the shake can i just have a grasshopper shake like with creme de menthe can we just do that <laughs> and not actually put the bugs on it i mean that yeah that would be very retro very yeah retro. you know back when i was a kid i ate turtles all the time but you know it was just chocolate and pecans and caramel it you didn't actually have to like you know kill Wasn't the an endangered species to serve it at the ballpark. It wasn't, wasn't an actual turtle. That's really a shame, Mark. That is really a shame. That was my mock turtle dessert. So what have we learned today? I think keep it simple. Don't be putting everything on everything. Do a hot dog and pick your top three toppings. Make it the best thing. Do the, the Diamondbacks. Put, just put the coleslaw on the thing. Let's do it. Yeah. It's going to be great. Don't put a bunch of, like, we don't need mac and cheese on there. And you know it you're not going to be able to be like the wingspan of like Michael Phelps. Yeah. Because you know you're never going to get a substitution on any of that stuff, right? It's like, oh, I don't know if I really want the mac and cheese. It's like, well, it's already wrapped up. Yeah, pretty much. You're yeah. going to have to pick it off. Yeah. <laughs> so keep it simple. Be creative. Trust your local instincts. That is like I was saying about hot dogs. It's so beautiful that like you can go to like 30 different parks and kind of be able to get some sense of where you are by getting one of the basic items on the menu uh, or at least one of the core items of the menu. Don't be piling on. I appreciate the regionality. I appreciate like there being regional specials. I appreciate there being regional restaurants and vendors that give you a slice of the area. I think that's great. That has been a really nice addition to to ballparks for sure. Go explore, see what's out there, you know, and set a budget. Like everything's expensive, but say, hey, I'm going to spend, you know, maybe just this amount of money. And if you don't drink $15, $20 beers, you can get a lot more food. <laughs> exactly. And it will taste great and it will be more filling. <laughs> it will be more filling. This was yummy. I'm I'm ready for some snacks. Yeah, I think I, I think I need a snack after this episode. I, and I mean, and I already just I just had dinner. I figured I'd I'd have to have dinner before we we do this because I'd get hungry. But now, I don't know. I need a Raul Ibanez. <laughs> yeah, and I need one of those foxy pizzas. Frankly, so oh, yeah. uh, I will see well, you at the ballpark soon. You, you will definitely see me at the ballpark. We will go to Moto. Mark is a little under the weather, so hopefully he'll be feeling well soon and we can we can take him out for uh, some fancy boy pizza. At the very least, some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. 
The fans are heading home, the grounds crew is on the field, and we will see you next time at the ballpark. That's our pal Ron Lewis on the stadium organ. And I'm Jackie Micucci. And I'm Mark Butler. And this was Bad Hops. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this podcast without the express written consent of Bad Hops is prohibited. Unless you like us, review us, or subscribe to Bad Hops. Find us at, at Bad Hops on Insta and everywhere else. 